Good morning, church. How's everybody today? Good, good. Welcome to church. Welcome to North Star. If you're a first-time guest, we're honored to have you here. Thanks for coming, and we hope that you'll come back. Uh, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and that was like, if this is your first time, they usually do better. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. That's it. Uh, it is our vision at North Star to, to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. And when we say making disciples of all nations, we're, we're talking about this nation and that nation, all nations. And so it is our vision to bring glory to God by making those disciples. We exist, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. We welcome you guys at both of our locations. We welcome those at, that are watching from, I reluctantly say this, from the beach this weekend. We do welcome you, and uh, we're glad that you're joining us for this service today. A couple of things before we get started. Uh, one, is some important dates that are coming up. Are you ready? When you leave today, you're going to receive one of these. These are called invite cards, and we want you to take more than just one because we want you to use this as a tool to invite people to three different services. One is March the 25th is Palm Sunday. I, I really want to challenge you to invite, invite, invite people to come to Palm Sunday. That's the 25th. Man, I'm telling you, get them here. You get them here, and we'll tell them here. And then also on Good Friday, we're having a very special service on that Friday. And then on Easter Sunday, we really want to use this season to invite people to all three of those. All right, can I get an amen today? All right, you glad you came today? Give God a praise clap and, and we'll get started. We'll get started. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, I'm glad you came. Use that time, use that preacher voice, hey. Look at your neighbor and do that right now, both campuses. Hey, I'm glad you came. And then look the other way to your second choice and tell them, all right? I'm glad you came to church today. Today is a, a very special uh, service. Uh, all, all of our services, I think, are special services. It's going to be a little bit different. It's, it's, uh, it's about testing. Next week, I'm going to talk about, oh, listen, don't miss next week. I'm going to go ahead and, and whet your appetite. Uh, don't stop. That's the message next week. But today, it's about taking a test. Taking a test. Uh, I don't like taking tests. I, for one, I'm not too fond of, of taking tests. Are, are you the, this person? This happened to me so many times. You show up at school, and somebody comes over to you, and they say, you ready for the test? And you say, what test? Man, I'm telling you, I had a rough time in school, but that happened to me uh, more than once. My psychology professor, and this is going to shock some of you, but my major was in psychology and Bible. Uh, really, I took every psychology course 
And you're thinking, so he can get in our mind. No, I did that so I could get in my mind. <laughs> I needed, I, uh, I needed it. And so my, one of my psychology professors, like, he would give us like 30-page legal-sized paper test with hundreds of questions. It was like crazy. And I, I, I had anxiety and my, my, I was sweating. I would have note cards, uh, not cheat cards, note cards, you know, stacks of them. And I was just learning them, you know, make sure I knew them. And I was sweating so bad, I would have, about half of them would be smeared. But I, I just wasn't really fond of taking tests. But let, let, me, let me submit this to you today. Did you know, whether you get paid weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, or maybe yearly, did you know that every time that you get paid, you're taking a test? That's right. Here's the test. The test is, when, when you get paid, the test is, who do you think when you get that paycheck? Who do you worship when you get that paycheck? Did you know that when, when God entrusts us with something, that we have to respond. And the question is, how are we going to respond to God? Did you know that the, the text that we're using today is in the Old Testament? It's the book of Malachi. Yeah, you guessed it. I'm, I'm preaching about giving. And uh, some preachers like get up tight about that. Man, I, I, I so enjoy it because you know why I enjoy it? Because it's part of the Bible. I enjoy, I enjoy preaching all the time and everything in the Bible. But did you know the book of Malachi? It's an Old Testament book. It's a short book. It is about, it is a book about returning. It's two ways. One is returning to God the other is God returning to his people. The first chapter in the book of Malachi talks about returning to God in our faith. It's very interesting. You need to read it. The second chapter is about returning to God with our families because the people in this era, the people of this day that were struggling of putting God first and, and trusting God with faith, and also having problems in their families because they were not, they were doing what I talked about last week. They were not teaching the principles of God's word generationally. And we talked last week is that God is a generational God. And, and so the book of Malachi is about returning to God in our faith. It's about returning to God with our families. Third, it is about returning to God in our finances, returning to God in our finances. And so the whole setup of this is God says if you return to me I'll return to you you see this is what I know and uh if you'll write this in your notes the God is God returning to us is conditional on us returning to God you want more of God you know the Bible says draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you and so he's writing these words were spoken because the people needed to return to God. And then God would return to them. If you have your Bibles, let's look together at the book of Malachi chapter 3. 
Malachi chapter 3. We're going to work through this passage. He says, I am the Lord. Verse 6, I the Lord. Say these three words with me. Do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. In other words, he tells them why. He says, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And so this is very strong language. This is not my language. This is God's language, but it's very strong. He says, it's conditional. I'll come back to you, but you got to come back to me. It's conditional. In fact, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. How many today at both of our campuses are glad that God is unchanging? The Bible says, forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. He says, I am the Lord, and I change not. If you or I were God, which you are glad that I'm not, and I'm glad that you're not. We would be changing. We'd be, uh, we'd be zapping people. I told you not to do that again. Here it comes. You know, that's the way we would be if we were God. We're not God. That's good. He says, I'm God. I change not. God does not change. He does not change for the better or he, or he would have never been God. He does not change for the worse or he would cease to be God. He never changes. And so, because he does not change, he says, so then you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. In other words, you ready for this? He said, I'm, I'm the Lord, and I change not. Let me paraphrase it. Because if I did, I would have wiped you out. No, that's what he's saying. He says, because I don't change, is because you're still here. Because I do not change, you're still breathing. And so God, a God who loves us unconditionally, but a, a, but a God who wants to see us progress spiritually, God never changes. And then in verse 8, let's continue to read. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? You rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. And this is strong. You think that other was strong, man. This is strong. He said, you are under a curse. Your whole nation. Because you are robbing me. And then he tells us what to do. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to, to store it. I will prevent, notice verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will, what? They will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You see, God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us, and he tells us that in this passage. And, and it's not, we, we don't give to God 
so, so God will have enough, right? I mean, God's, listen, God's doing all right. I mean, really? God, God's doing all right. Uh, asphalt is gold, or gold is asphalt to God. God's good. He doesn't, he doesn't need anything. He, he, he's not just getting by. God is God, and God is good, and, and God's got all that he needs. The reality is, he tells us to give, not so God will have enough. Put this on the screen, so that you will have enough. We give not so, so God will have it, so he'll make it. Oh, he's just barely getting by. We better tithe. He's telling us to tithe so that we'll have enough to make it. And so, I want to talk about this just for a minute. And if, you got, if you're taking notes, please write these down. And uh, if you're not taking notes, please write these down. Number one, you ready? How many glad they came today say amen? We're going to have fun with this, even though it's a little tough. Number one, tithing is a test. I said earlier, we're taking a test. When I get paid my, my gross, what am I going to do with the first 10% of that? It's a test. Out of, listen, out of 1,187 chapters in the Bible, this is the only place that God says, I want you to test me. It's the only place. Everywhere else he says, don't test God. Don't you test me. Don't you test me. But this is the only one, 1,187 chapters that God says, test me. I want you to test me. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. I want to just challenge you right now before we go any further. Is to, to be sensitive to what God is saying. It's a test. He's testing you. Now, I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm studying this. And I'm thinking, okay, so, so why 10%? Why 10%? Well, 10% because it's the same for everybody. If you make 30 grand, it's 10%. If you make 300,000, it's, it's 10%. If you make 3 billion, it's 10%. Bless God. I wish that blessing on you. But it's 10%. Also, uh, the number 10 has a, a great significance in the Bible. Anytime, listen, anytime you see the number 10 in the Bible, you start looking, there's a test coming. The, 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 there's a test nearby. And so, that's why it is a time of testing. Now, what I want us to do, you ready? We're going to have an open book test. I know you hate a test as much as I do, but, but I, I, that we're going to have fun with this. You ready? An open book test. I'm going to ask you some questions, and the answer is going to be 10. So let's practice. Not, it's not going to be 10, 10, 10. It's, the answer is 10. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, say it with me. Sort of pitiful. All right, let's try it again. All together, both campuses, I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is? Yeah. All right. How many plagues were there on the Egyptians when God was leading them through Moses away from Pharaoh? How many, how many plagues were there? Yeah. Okay, you're doing pretty good. All right, so how many times did God test the Israelites when they were in the wilderness? How many commandments were given to Moses? How many times did God test Daniel? 
How many times did God test in the book of Revelation chapter 2? How many tests were there in that, in that book? How many virgins were there in the book of Matthew that were tested? How many disciples were there? No, they were, ten, they were 12. Um, uh, some of you said uh, 10. Uh, I, I was... Uh, I was testing you. Anytime, seriously, there were 12. Look it up. Anytime you see the number 10, it's a test. So when God says, bring you all the tithes, the 10th, into the storehouse that there may be uh, food in my house, they said, he said, you're robbing me. And I I just want to breach this right now in case I forget it. Let's ask the same question. How, How are we robbing you? And God says, you're robbing me from blessing you. You see, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. And he says, when you're not tithing, you're robbing me. Not of money. I don't need your money. But you're robbing me from the blessing of, uh, of blessing you. The opportunity of, of blessing you. Now, through the years, I've been standing on stages like this for 36 years as a senior pastor. Longer than that. Uh, as a student pastor, uh, before that as a student pastor. And it's unreal. All the different reasons that I hear people uh, talk about why they don't tithe. And here, here's one of my favorite. Uh, pastor, it's, a, it's Old Testament. Tithing is under the law. Now, let me explain this. I'm going to delve a little further into this. I've, I've used this every time probably. Uh, I only preach about tithing usually like once a year, but I think I've used this every time. It's been a year, so you, you, don't, you won't remember it. Uh, here's the deal. In the Bible, we're going to trace it in a minute. Abraham commenced it. You ready? They all start with a C. That's so I can remember them. Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses commanded it. Jesus commended it. Jesus didn't live in the Old Testament, my friend. Jesus lived in the New Testament. And he commended tithing. So I'll hear people say, yes, but tithing is, uh, it's under the law. Well, so, so is adultery. But you don't commit adultery because we're living in a time of grace, do you? So the Bible says, I want to illustrate it further. I've got somebody that's going to come out. Matt, Matthew, come out. For just a, a minute, Matthew. Yeah. All right. Matthew knew that he was going to come out. He doesn't know exactly why. But uh, thanks, Matt. Sure. All right. So let me, can I have your wallet? He knows I'm asking him for this. All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. Mississippi State. It doesn't. It's a duck. <laughs> <laughs> the ducks. Um, hey, um, ooh. Look at that. Um, he will be guarded by security upon leaving the services today. No, uh, come over on it. Uh, hey, I like this. I appreciate it. I'm just going to keep it. Because, you know, after all, uh, that's cool. Uh, after all, stealing, thou shalt not steal. That's the law, right? That's the Old Testament. And so I'm cool with this. And so appreciate both. Appreciate it, bro. 
um, I'm just going to hang on to this and all of them wanting all, just, just hang on. All those $1 bills that I saw in there. Uh, people say, well, it's Old Testament. I, I live under grace. Well, so do I. That's why I'm keeping your wallet. I feel like I'm under grace now. But that's not the way it works. If it was wrong during the law, it's wrong after the law. Are you with me so far, church? I'll give Matt a hand for coming out and risking his life today. <clears throat> so, another reason people say that they don't tithe is, I'm just going to, things are, are kind of tight. Uh, things are, are a little tight right now. And um, I'm just going to, I can't tithe right now, but I'm going to tithe my time. I'm going to tithe my time, yeah. Well, listen, thank you for tithing your time. But tithing your time in place of tithing your giving of your first 10% is not biblical. Giving of your time is biblical. But not substituting your giving your time for giving of your money. Now, we have all kinds of ways to give at North Star, and it's not because God needs the money. We have faith commitment giving in the video, video you, you saw just a minute ago. That's Cross Culture Community Church. By the way, Troy Goss is doing an incredible job. And we support him as a church. It's in our budget. We also support him through faith commitment giving, which is a phenomenal way that we can be a part of about 30 different ministries. It's not your tithe, though. It's just giving above your tithe. It's five bucks or ten bucks or a hundred, whatever you can afford. And uh, when you give to that, it's awesome. But tithing, he says, you bring your tithe to the storehouse. And so some people say, I, I can't, so I'm just going to give my time, okay? And so in this day, by the way, they would bring food. They would bring meat. He says, so that there may be meat in my house. Here's the deal. The priests uh, were, were struggling spending time in the study of the Bible and doing the ministry that God had called them to do because they didn't have, they had to, they had to work to, just to get food because they had to do other things that was taking away from the, the, the focus of the ministry. It would be like any church, not just this church, but any church saying, hey, all right, guys, y'all going to have to do it because we're, we're having to work. We're vocational at this and, and we're, we're having to, to get part-time jobs and part-time jobs and full-time jobs just to survive. And, and so we're not going to be able to minister to your kids anymore. I'm sorry. You know, it's just the way it is. Hey, they're cutting the lights out. They've disconnected the water. And so he says, y'all with me so far? You having fun yet? Come on. And so he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I asked God one time, I said, God, how, how come you didn't put more about tithing in the New Testament? He said, I put it eight times. Don't ask me that ever again. So I haven't. He put it right where he, right where he wanted it. And he said, this is what you are to do. People will even say, well, I didn't see this in the budget. I know I'm supposed to bring my tithe to the church, to the storehouse, but um, buying a, a microwave oven is not in the budget, so I'm just going to buy that and deduct it from my tithe. That's why God says, you're robbing me. You are under a curse. Whew. Man, that's strong language. You're under a curse, and the devour, devourer is going to eat your crops. So, 
Well, okay. Well, I just, I just can't afford it. I just can't afford to tithe. I just can't afford it. Uh, things are tied. We're, we're doing this and we're doing that. And I bought this and I bought that. And uh, I didn't know this was coming. Um, my answer to that is I can't afford not to tithe. I can't afford to not to tithe. And you're saying it good by saying I can't afford it. You'll never be able to afford it until you start it. But when you start it, God will bless it. In fact, I just challenge you to do it. For 30 days, take a tithing test. 30 days. And see at the end of 30 days, if you're tithing and you're giving to the Lord faithfully, uh, if, you, if at the end of that 30 days, if you're not more blessed than at the beginning of that 30 days. In fact, a church in Oklahoma told their congregation, they said, look, if, if you are not blessed at the end of that 30 days, we will refund your money. That's right. And so I'm going to give you the same challenge today. You start tithing, and at the end of 30 days, if you are not more blessed than you were when you started tithing, that church in Oklahoma will refund your money. (laughs) No, seriously, take the challenge and see. It's not us. It's not that church in Oklahoma. It's God. God says, do it. Well, I guess I just need some financial help. You know, Dave Ramsey said, in a study, you know who I'm talking about, Dave Ramsey, financial peace guru, and man, he's all over the news and on talk shows, and we've done financial peace here a couple of three times. Dave, Dave Ramsey said, the average American is $137,000 in debt. This is what's going to blow you away. 44% of Americans could not handle a $400 emergency. 44%. A $400 emergency. 41% of Americans do not have a budget. Now, I'm not just like stuck on Dave Ramsey. I, I do financial peace. Marla and I have done this for years. It gave us financial freedom. And uh, we, we operate on a zero budget. If you know Dave Ramsey, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it, it, man, it, it, it helps. Um, so I want to I want to give you something. You said, Pastor Terry, I hear you. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start, but I need some, I need some supplement. I need some some help, okay, with my finances. Well, first time ever, we uh, Dave Ramsey. You know, the, the financial piece is a long class, and if you've been through it, it's worth it. But uh, Dave Ramsey has put together a one-night live stream called Smart Money. And I talked to his office, and they said, we have, we have crammed everything of financial peace into this one night for 10 bucks. For 10 bucks. Now, we don't have the sign-up available yet, but for 10 bucks, your family, you can't invite the neighbors because that would be illegal, it's 10 bucks, okay? Not 10 for everybody, but it's 10 for your family. But in the privacy of your home, you can watch. And I, it's pretty long. It's on April the 25th, and we'll give you an opportunity to sign up. And uh, I think if you want to host a group, like, you can do that. It's 100 bucks. like, if you want to do it for your small group. But if it's just for your family, it's 10 bucks. And from the privacy of your own home, you'll hear 
those, the teachings called smart money. Now, we're here to help, church. So if you want to get serious about obeying God and getting on track financially, this will be a good opportunity for you to do it. So he tells us that tithing, number one, is a test. Number two, you ready for this one? Tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. Uh, have you got that for the screen? Tithing is biblical. It's not only a test, but tithing is biblical. Now, I've got a few passages that I want to read you. The first one is in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram, which is Abraham. Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave a, him a tenth of everything. This is 500 years, by the way, before the law. Chapter 28, I'm going to read these fast. Verse 22, and this, you know, I told you, Abraham commenced it, Jacob continued it. This is Jacob. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house, and, all, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Then the book of Leviticus, he says in chapter 27, verse 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled it, take some of the first fruits of all of, all of that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you, put them in a basket, then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Verse 13. Then say to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion, and have given it to the Levite, the for foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. According to all that you commanded, I have not turned aside from your commands, nor have I forgotten any of them. I have not eaten of the sacred portion while I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean, nor have I offered it uh, to the dead, of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God. I have done everything you commanded me. Look down from heaven your holy dwelling place, and bless your people, Israel, and the land you have given us as you promised on oath to our ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so basically what he was saying here was, all right, so God, you've blessed me. You've blessed us. And we have so much to be thankful for. But I, I've, I've not misused it. I've not taken it and bought stuff for myself and felt guilty about it. I didn't send it to some other ministry. Let me put a pause in here. Can you give to other ministries? Absolutely. My wife and I give to several different ministries, but not with our tithe. But our tithe comes here, man. It's here. And... Um, we give it to the Lord here. Yeah, we support Faith Commitment. Yes, we support Samaritan's Purse. Yes, we support Compassion International, the Matal Children's Village. We, we do different things. Tithe right here. Tithe 
right here. And so the bottom line of what he was saying in this passage is, um, you blessed me because I moved it from my house to your house. You blessed me, that's the passage we just read Genesis in uh, Deuteronomy. You blessed me because I moved it from my house to the house. My house to your house. And here's, I included on this one a principle. And that is a blessed, you give God 10%, all right? A blessed 90% will go a lot farther than a cursed 100%. A cursed 100%. One of the things that we teach, and I think Dave Ramsey teaches this, is give God, he gives you 100, right? Give him 10. Put 10 in the bank so that you won't be one of those 44% that couldn't cover a $400 emergency. And then spend 80 I don't care what, it doesn't, God doesn't care what you buy with it, as long as it's not bad stuff. Go, go get that 72 inch, man. But don't do it until you've obeyed God. I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I want it. My house is just not big enough, but I want 120 inch. I'm just kidding. I, I really don't. But I do want stuff, but we don't, we don't go into debt. It's not always been that way with us, but for a long time, it's been that way. So give God 10%. I, we give him more. I'm not going to tell you how much more, but we give him more. And we're for, we for sure put 10 in the bank, and he blesses the 80. It's unreal. So tithing is a test. Tithing is biblical. Last, tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to tithe, to, to be obedient to God. And th this is what I know. You, you'll want to put this one in your notes. God is doing this for your own good, not his. He put it in the book for you, not for him. He's good. He's good. God's good. He said, I'm good. God, you good? I'm good. <laughs> Man, you just don't even know. I made this stuff. I made the world, God said. I could hear God with a little bit of an attitude too. I made the world. I own the cattle. Man, l l listen. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I own the thousand hills too. I'm good. So when you tithe, God is doing this. For your own good, not his. So, Pastor, what do I do? Well, start. Be obedient. Through the years of ministry, untold numbers of people have told me, Pastor Terry, somebody told me today, Pastor Terry, when I started tithing, my problems didn't go away. Oh, goodness gracious we've all got problems don't we and you don't start tithing so your problems will go away because you, you still have problems God works through that with you and you tithe out of obedience 
to God and love for God. Not scare. I don't tithe because I'm afraid he's going to do something to me if I don't. But you can't forget that it says you're living under a curse. Well, I can't ever seem to get ahead. I can't ever seem to get to, I put one foot forward and then I go back two steps. Are you tithing? Well, no, I just can't afford it. It may be that the devourer is eating your crop because you've not been obedient to God. That's, those are serious words. Man, I'm telling you. There have been times in uh, our Marla and I's marriage that times were tough. Uh, I'm talking about years ago, especially. Um, sometimes our wants were bigger than our income. And, and then there were times that we didn't make a lot of money enough. But always, always, we've tithed. He says the storehouse so the priests could do their work. What if people didn't tithe in the local church? Uh, somebody's got to pay for it. You know, they tell us that 20% of average church members pay 80% of the money. It'd be like going to a, your favorite restaurant and skipping out and not paying the check. Man, that's, that's harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. I love you guys. Every time I preach, I'm preaching to myself too. I'm just trying to give you an, an analogy. Like, you don't skip out on the check, do you? But yet, churches every Sunday in every church, people skip out on the check. Somebody's paying for it. Somebody's making, buying the equipment and making ministry happen, paying the electric bill. I mean, wouldn't it be embarrassing? This is not the case, but just for illustration purposes, wouldn't it be embarrassing if I said, uh, look guys, y'all gonna have to start tithing. They, they cut off our gas. Church is gonna be cold next week. Our electricity's off. Wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, sorry, we can't provide ministry for your kids anymore because they're skipping out on the check. Okay, so are you having fun yet? Amen? All right, I love you guys. God, I'm, I'm finished. I'm not just landing the plane, it's on the tarmac. God is faithful. God is faithful and he wants to bless you more than you can ask or imagine. My favorite life, one of my favorite life verses, Ephesians 3, for he is able, for unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine because he's God. Father, thank you God, for meeting us here today, thank you for the word. And God, thank you for letting us have a good time at church, even though sometimes it's, you know, we hear the things that God challenge us. But God, I just pray that your word, as you've promised, will not return under you void. And God, today, just do a, a, a supernatural work in, in your people. 
If you realize today for the first time that you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity right now just to say yes to Christ. Just say this from your heart. Dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose again on the third day. I repent. I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come and live in my heart. I put my trust in you as Savior and I follow you today as Lord. It's more than just repeating a prayer. This is a heart decision. and uh, You can make that decision right now. And maybe today your prayer is, God, help me to make this commitment and take this challenge uh, to be faithful in giving of, of my tithe, but, but giving above that as you lead me. Maybe God has spoken to you, you know, I've preached today on giving, but on tithing rather, but maybe God has spoken to your heart. Maybe you're a faithful tither that God wants to challenge you to, to do more or challenge you, you in another area. And I'm going to ask that everyone at both of our locations, if you would please stand, I just want to pray over you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, today in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would take these final moments of worship and God help them not just to be a, a, a time that... Um, before we leave, but God, let it be a time of significance. Let it be a time where we seal these commitments and make these decisions. God, we love you, and we thank you for meeting us here today and for being a God that changes hearts and a God that changes lives. And I pray, God, that today you would do that. We pray in Jesus' name.